0: I'm in my living room yes this is a part of the podcasting or quarantine life but I mean I record from home anyway it doesn't really matter um (laughs) one thing that I found out when I prepare for a show is that I probably don't get the exact same thing the same ideas or even the same commentary that I do when I'm riding in the car all by myself. Last night I was preparing for this show. As a matter of fact, I was preparing for the Light Brothers. And look, this is the all sports version of the Light Brothers podcast. I'm gonna find a new name for it, but it's the All Sports Podcast right now. All right. Coming soon, we'll have Neil storied. Um, I did record a, an interview actually with my son, Michael II. And his teammate, look, we just know him as Junior. You'll see or hear his name. Um, His roommate from college. Right now, not only is Mike back home, but also his roommate is staying with us as well. He's from Detroit. The school is closed. He was coming up from, I think it was Atlanta. And he's with us. He's good. He's clean. Everybody look. All right. We're good. No Rona here. Um, But anyway, I was preparing for the show. And um, it seems to me that most of my best ideas come when I'm all by myself driving. And sometimes I have to tell myself, shut up, you're wasting content. And that's why I take so many notes. That's why I even speak stuff into my phone. I speak my notes into my phone so that I remember some of the good things that came across. And uh, I mean, look, we are doing a show next week. So make sure that you tune in. Um, So I'm I'm pretty much going to just come from where I was going to for the actual Light Brothers show. I'm on vacation starting this week. Okay, so it's going to be an interesting week. And why is it interesting? Um, That's basically because I've been one of the few essential jobs. I have an essential job. I'm a FedEx man and I have been in and right back out. All right. I'm in work and I'm right back out. I'm going right back home. I haven't experienced having to stay in the house a majority of the time. This is the first vacation of the year and my wife's birthday is next week. Love you, babe. Um, And the thing is, We don't know where we're going to go. We don't know what we're going to do. She asked me, I think it was Thursday or Friday. What are we going to do next week? I have no idea. You know, better than I would because she's been here at the house. She's a beauty stylist. She's a hairstylist. And she's been here at the house. If you didn't know already, look, we had a tornado here about what? Roughly two months ago. And, She ended up, uh, part of her shop was torn up along with most of Jefferson Street here in Nashville. And although the salon wasn't completely leveled, there was damages. So they had to find another place to work. As soon as they found another place to work, two weeks later, corona, corona. And then we have to obey the mayor as well as most Uh, States across the country, they're having to shut down non-essential businesses, even though there's plenty of us that think, hey, the the essential businesses uh, of all essential businesses. I believe that salons are among uh, those that are right there where they, they are important, because it's really crazy when you see ESPN or any other you know, television show or whatever. These people they are starting to look really bad. You know the the they're not getting haircuts. You know the hairdos are probably being done by you know them themselves, and it's not the exact same level of what they have been receiving. So I mean, look, it is what it is. Um, but uh, I mean, she's getting by. Uh, Think we're blessed and um, we're doing okay. But vacation this week, man, I mean, it's going to be great to be able to hang out with my wife and my kids. (sighs) Not sure how long that's going to last, you know, as far as like, okay, everybody's in the house, but everybody's been doing what we've been doing. Uh, We will get out of the house. Look, you know, we have masks. We don't necessarily have to go and be around a whole bunch of people, which I hate that part, which kind of leads me to, you know, you know. My quarantine gripes, and look, I understand that there are people out there that are stuck at home, and there's, you know, those are in-house problems. But as a person that's not really complaining, because I've been working, I still have some mentions. I don't even want to call them complaints, you know. Every day of the week, especially since it's been nice, every day has turned into a Saturday. The neighborhoods that I drive through. Um, you know, the, everybody's walking, running, they have their kids in the carriages and they're walking down the street, mask or no, uh, you know, they're out, you know, all different hours of the day, um, post 10 30, they're out. And, um, I, I don't really want to come off as, you know, complaining or mean, but I just, I liked it better when everybody was at work and school and it wasn't so it didn't resemble a saturday morning and not even um summertime cuz i was able to drive get my job done and then boom but the other thing is i hate this quarantine or well, the the social distancing but it has to be done it clearly has to be done we ha- we have to do this in order to flatten the curve and all of that stuff but i don't like it cuz i'm i'm all right let me just say it like this There are plenty of people that are out there that they need human interaction. Now, I'm not saying that it necessarily means to be touchy feely, but the thing is, there are so many people that I've heard say that, you know, this is the way that it should be. Or um, like Dr. Anthony Fauci says, uh, we should never be shaking hands anyway. Look, there's just some nasty people out there. Y'all don't know how to keep clean. And it's so funny. Now all of you guys want to stay away from each other and you want to spray people, everybody you meet that's outside of your household with N- with Lysol. Um, people are taking packages from me, you know, that they, they have to wait to put on their dish washing gla- gloves to take the package from me. You know, don't even worry about it. It's right there on the step. Have a nice day, you know, keep moving. You know, some people are rude with it, and some people are not. And I understand because this is something that, if you catch it, is the potential of death attached to it. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I hate it, all of it. I really do. But I especially—I'm I, guessing in my mind, my thought process is—is is I'm not in you know total agreement. Once all of these things blow over, that this is the way that life should be going forward. I don't like that kind of talk. Well, I mean, just me, but I think that's the 1% that's talking. There are plenty of people out there that they're antisocial. And if that's you, well, you know, that's this isn't for you. That, that, this is life as usual for you. Among the many thoughts that I had driving by myself last night, you know, along with the sports topics that I wanted to tackle. But it's really, really interesting. But... Just wanted to get some of that off my chest. Um, Didn't even get all of it because, look, it's, you know, you can't ever remember some of your, your best thoughts all the time. Again, some people never, ever hear your best thoughts. Unless you're smart enough to go ahead and write them down. I was out last night going to pick up dinner. My wife wanted Chewy's. So I got us Chewies. We had Mexican last night and it was pretty cool, you know, Um, going on another side of town. But again, it's just a little bit weird outside of going from my house to my job and back. Only other two places that I think I've been has been to Kroger's. And I did go to Walmart once. Terrible. Anyway, y'all know how I I feel about Walmart. Walmart. Um, Also, you know, church on Sundays, which is drive in. You know, we had to drive in like Greece style, you know, 1955. So other than that, that's I mean, I'm here at the house and then I go home and then going to the other side of town for the first time in a while. It was a little odd seeing, you know, how dead everything is and not even seeing the hotels being lit. um, Hardly any cars out. Still not getting used to that. And I don't want to be used to it. But eventually, look. We're going to get through this. Anyway. So eventually, um, right now I'm waiting on the last dance. The first um, the first part of the last dance that's coming on in roughly two hours. I mean, here it's uh Sunday, 5:43 PM. Um, got a little while, but I want nobody to bother me. I want to watch this. Almost by myself, but here's the thing. My son, who's a basketball player, you know, he's 20 and um, he's one of these, these young people that did not grow up seeing Michael Jordan play. This is a question I'm going to ask not only of you, but I'm also going to ask when we have our show next week. This isn't an original thought, but it did give me an idea to ask my own self. And I was listening to another radio show and basically it came around to um, they were talking about Michael Jordan and the dominance of the Bulls. But not only did the host ask this question, but I believe it actually originally came from his producer. And it basically was, when did you become sports conscious? When were you? I'll say it this way. When were when were you aware of sports? When did you start paying attention? And I had to think about that. About you know when it came down to this last dance, the Michael Jordan series that's about to start, um, the ten part series about Michael Jordan and their final championship run, the sixth championship that they won. We always have the 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 biggest arguments and debates when it comes down to the Jordan versus LeBron, you know, thing. And I, I can't stand that. Again, I'll, you know, refresh your memories. I don't believe in the greatest of all time like that in certain things anymore. i I I'd rather give – I put them in blocks. I put them in errors like we should. It's fun. All of these things are fun to talk about. But what it is is um, – Not only is it fun to talk about and something to kick around on your job or or at the barbershop or whatnot, but it's also, you know, just something, you know, just to debate. Truth be told, nobody actually wins these arguments because they're all silly. Two people that if you don't know by now, two radio hosts, well, one, uh, both do a show. Um, Nick Wright. And Shannon Sharp, the two biggest LeBron James fans on this earth, probably. People would include Colin Cowherd, but I won't. I mean, he's he's kind of come off that a little bit. But we know that Nick Wright, uh, he's one guy that I can't, I'm sorry, neither one of those two, Shannon or Nick Wright. And look, there's no no shade because, look, LeBron James is great. He's the greatest player, all-around basketball player I've ever seen. But he's the greatest player, if you want to do the GOAT talk, greatest of all time for this era. He's the greatest of this era. I don't believe that there's a greatest of all time. I personally give a lot of the old school guys, I I can't just kick them out. Sorry, I can't do it. Because everybody played up again. uh, um, they played, under different rules, they played under different circumstances, and I wish I could find that quote. I remember hearing it live on ESPN Radio at the time when Dan Patrick was interviewing uh, Bob Costas, and he talked about uh, the, the subject was talking about baseball, and he he went into this soliloquy about. Um, how the history of baseball, and this is during the steroid uh, era, this is during the well, post-steroid era, kind of, when we were talking about, you know, kicking around all of these guys that have been found out, um, the reports that have been, put had been put out at the time, and whether or not some of these guys should make it into the Baseball Hall of Fame, Cooperstown. And just to kind of sum it up Bob said you know there's a lot of different things that you have to consider and he was talking about everybody played in a different era they played in in up under different circumstances and he began to talk about day games versus you know day games night games high mound low mound um those who played when there were no blacks allowed to play Um, you know, all of those different factors. And you have to factor all that in. That's because I personally, and I put it this way, I honor everyone across the board. Sure, it's real easy to say that someone who wore a leather helmet is much less of an athlete of someone today, even if this guy's a backup. And I totally get that. I probably said this before. I don't care, but I'm going to have to beat this into your head until you understand where I'm coming from. Just a reminder. But even with Michael Jordan's era versus the era of now, everyone tries to win the argument. You have these radio hosts that say the exact same arguments for LeBron against Jordan, but it's the exact same thing that Jordan had to deal with if we're really looking at it. It took, well, it took Jordan eight years to win his first championship. So it did the same thing with LeBron. He didn't win his first championship until eight years in. Well, Jordan need Scottie Pippen? Well, LeBron had to break off and go to Miami, form a super team himself. He needed help. And I'm not knocking any of that. I used to. Let's be real. I used to. And look, I'll remind you this. I didn't believe in this stuff at first when it came to, yeah, of course you can compare eras. But again, probably about 10 years ago or so, however long it was ago, that I believe it was a Patriots Super Bowl radio row. Barry Sanders was being interviewed and the radio host. I don't remember what show it was. The radio host basically asked him to compare. You know, say, OK, so who's the greatest quarterback of all time? And Barry simply said exactly what people are now is kind of the the, you know, what makes more sense, the logical answer to this question. You can't compare errors because everybody played up under different kinds of circumstances. If you want to go Brady and and, uh, Joe Montana, what you need to do is you need to get out a book or you need to get out, uh, you know, pull it up on the internet and show and see exactly how many games that even Joe Montana missed Because of injury. Why? Because you used to get hit as a quarterback and you didn't get fined or flagged or tossed out of a game. Simply put. He played, it was easier to play. It it was, it's easier to play offense now as opposed to playing offense back then. Jordan averaging 30 points a game when in the era where you can get knocked upside your head and had, you know, someone like Bill Langbeer elbowing you in the face, there were no flagrant fouls. There were no flagrant ones and twos and threes. You just got fined. And as a team, you got fined. Matter of fact, I was reminded of that because today to prepare myself, and I'm really in the mode of watching some old basketball, pulling up old basketball clips, watching old games. I want to see what the Pistons were doing back then when I wasn't paying attention to basketball yet. That's the reason why I asked, when were you aware of certain sports? And I had to look at that stuff and I pulled it up. I actually went on the 30 for 30 and was watching bad boys. That was the way it was then. What was it? The 87, 88 season. I believe it was or 88, 89 season. Rather the Pistons were, by far the most fine team. Why? Because they played football playing basketball. That was their that was their way of playing basketball. He was going to beat you up cuz it was allowed. They couldn't get away with that now. We want to compare, you're saying that uh LeBron couldn't last back then. Well, let's just say this. If LeBron was born at that time, he would have been used to playing that that kind of ball. That wouldn't have been foreign to him. But if you take him now in a time machine and drop him on the court in the middle of the the Eastern Conference finals with the Bulls and the uh um and the Pistons and put him on the Bulls and replace him uh with my replace Michael Jordan with him and say, okay, now you go do it. Could he have held up? Probably. If he has the exact same skill set and everything, probably, but it's all about the mental part. So it's impossible for us to do this stuff. It really is. I don't even know why we do it. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. But nobody's right. The only thing, can I be honest with you? The only thing that I think that we would be right about is if you took some of these older players that put up numbers, dropped them in this era, and said, okay, because Jerry Rice, Michael Irvin, um, and even go further than that. I mean, Kellen Winslow Sr., you put these kind of pass catching guys or even these quarterbacks say like Dan Marino, if he threw 48 touchdowns in 1984, what would he been doing now where everything is free? Everybody is able to run free. You can't touch the quarterback. Receivers and quarterbacks are the two positions in football that just simply are protected more than anybody else. In basketball, everybody is Olay. So it's more impressive watching someone play defense now on any sport, especially basketball and football. That's what I'm talking about. It's more impressive watching them play defense now as opposed to watching them play offense because everybody scores. I mean, if you can shoot, you know, But the Jordan arguments and, and, you know, the Jordan and LeBron arguments. I mean, we're going to talk about that stuff next week, but I'm glad that people are going to get a taste of what it really was like. I'll tell you one thing. If you did not see a lot of these things live, you didn't watch these games live. You weren't into it yet. Watching documentaries like this is how I grew up. Watching documentaries, watching things that nobody else wanted to watch as a kid. I watched those things. I had the tapes. I recorded these things on what was called a VCR. If you didn't own one of those uh, or, or seen one of those, you don't know what that was. Is you know, you put them in, you put in a giant tape and you can hit record and record whatever was on your television. I had VCR tapes loaded with all kinds of um old footage. And you can even go back and watch some of the old games. I have old games in my storage. But if you did not see the games, you can go back, and you can watch some of them now. They have just about every Super Bowl that was ever played on YouTube right now. And you can see it. You can see some of the finals games and some conference semifinal games. You can watch. These, all right. So we've been in quarantine, right? So you can actually go back and watch those games that they've been playing since we have no live sports right now. You can go back and watch that stuff and see what it was like. So back to the question: When did I become, you know, aware of sports? When was I sports conscious? Sports conscious? Well, I don't think I really got really into sports until my around my freshman year of. High school, I watched it, you know, a little bit um, going all the way up to then. Middle school, I probably watched it and paid more attention. Mm, It was more and more. It was gradual because I rather had been outside playing it instead of watching it. And just as an aside, I hated the Pistons because they beat my Lakers. I would go out and I would, I would watch them, but here's the crazy part. At times, if I wasn't pretending to be Michael Jordan or any of the Lakers, I was pretending to be Isaiah Thomas, whom I could not stand. <laughs> I couldn't stand the Pistons. I still remember when they won both of those championships. After they won the last one in 90, if anyone is familiar with Nashville, over in Metro Center, used to be the movies, now – it's and I think it's supposed to be closing. Um, now it's the uh, the the art school that's over there in Metro Center. The movies was right there in Fountain Square in Metro Center, and right next, you know, that used to be like a mall area. There's a gyro place there now, but when you walk to the inside where they used to have paddle boats and stuff during the summer, there was a the shoe store. Foot Locker, and right there in the window, I refused to even go in the store. It was one of the few stores that I wanted to go into. They had that cha- that Pistons championship T-shirt right there on a mannequin, just chilling right there in the window. I was so mad. Just a painful reminder that my boys went down, and they won those two championships. You know, it, I just couldn't stand it. it it's oh. And the the classic T shirt had the caricature drawings of all of the players around the uh, the uh, the Larry O'Brien Trophy trophy, the the championship trophy, with um, you know Chuck Daly and all of the guys, Mark Aguirre and and uh, uh, Rick Mahorn and and of course Isaiah and. Joe Dumars, I couldn't stand none of them. But the funny part was I pretended like I was them when I was playing (laughs) outside, you know, because you knew, all right, so I probably going to, um, you know, because we used to kind of play basketball like that at times when we got mad. You was going to catch a flying elbow. Anyway, but uh, I, I had to ask myself that question. I started paying attention in high school. That's when I really started, um, I was memorizing stats, not because I was forcing myself to. It was just stuck. I started watching games a lot differently and noticing, you know the, the the style of play and things like that. And it was really, really cool to, you know, see the way that all of that stuff just came together um but then you have to go back and remind yourself of what you missed. Because now we have so much technology. Everybody's got a laptop. You could pull it up on your phone and watch. You couldn't do that when I was a kid. You had to have dial-up internet if you want to even attempt to look at something like that. You had to have cassette tapes or whatnot or wait for ESPN to replay something. And it was rare. I mean, I didn't know the TV schedule, but it was really, really interesting to see that. And I probably, uh, and I said the the whole thing with the last dance and when I became aware of sports to say this, when did I really start paying attention to Michael Jordan? It really wasn't even the first three-peat. I mean, I paid attention because my father watched all of this stuff. Every boxing match that was big, every, you know, the football games that were big, and basketball was his thing because he played in high school, North High School. And um, you know, I remember those things. I remember watching some of these games, but I wasn't paying attention enough to say, "Ooh, I remember that moment," or "Ooh, uh, he had a really bad." No, I I didn't. I have to be honest. But that last, the last, the last three that they won, when he came back wearing number forty-five and he scored what fifty-five against the Knicks. You know, I, I mean, it was. I then I really started to lock in. So, you know, from then on, okay, it was, of course, it was more than just shoes. It was more than just the Jumpman logo on clothes. It was more than that. So with all of that being said, um, it's really going to be great to go back down memory lane and see some of these things, and especially this run, because by the time they was going through the 97-98 season, I was actually paying real close attention, but there's so many things that you can forget along the way. So, you know, I I can't wait to watch this and we'll have plenty to talk about coming up this week. Like I said, I'm off this week. You'll probably get more podcasts. again. This is uh, your host, Michael Neal jr. Um, It's the all sports podcast, the version of um, the light brothers podcast on the light brothers podcasting network. I'm gonna take a quick break. We'll come back with a little bit of news. The hurry up coming up next. Okay, so yesterday um, I had to go to work in you know the morning about seven. Uh, Wendy's had to be open and I saw that they were open. They failed yesterday. I was trying to finally get a piece of that breakfast that we have been talking about on this podcast. Never did get anything. I sat there for about, mm, about five minutes waiting on someone to acknowledge me. But then after a while, I noticed even though there were cars in the parking lot of Wendy's Metro Center, you failed. They weren't showing up. So I said, ah, let me just go over to Chick-fil-A. Give me a biscuit from there. I'll try again another day. <laughs> I thought I was going to get that taste of that biscuit or one of those, those um, I guess it was ciabatta bread, the, the breakfast sandwiches. I wanted to try those potatoes that they got. My brother says they are fine. All right. It's time for the newly named the hurry up. All right, Friday night, the WNBA draft. Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu was the first pick of the New York Liberty, the first basketball player in college, the first college basketball player in history, men's or women's, to score 2,000 points and have 1,000 rebounds and 1,000 assists. It was great. The, the thing about that was, is. It was virtual. This is a virtual draft, just as the NFL draft coming up this week is going to be April 23rd, 24th, and 25th. It's going to be interesting to see them do these Zoom conferences when the athletes have been selected. Because right after the commissioner, Kathy Engelbert called her name, they went to the family, and they were, yay, woo! And the screen froze. I'm like, uh-oh. They only watched the first couple of picks, so I don't know exactly what happened after that. And it seemed like everything kind of leveled out afterwards. So everybody's going to be in different places all over the country. They're going to have, I think, 32 players that have been selected for the NFL draft that are going to you know, have that. All right, we have a camera in your house and get the reaction of the family. We're going to interview the, you know, the draftee. You're going to have Chase Young. You're going to have Joe Burrow. You're going to have Jeff Okuda. Those kind of players that are going to be wherever they are, and um, it's going to be great to see how that w- works out. But back to the NBA, the WNBA draft. It was great to see uh, the commissioner. They had Gigi Bryant and her teammates, they were honorary selections at the top of the draft. Gianna Bryant, Alyssa Altobelli, and Peyton Chester, who were among the nine that were killed in the helicopter, uh, helicopter crash in Calabasas, California, that claimed the life, of course, of uh, Hall of Famer Kobe Bryant. Um, quote from Graham Hayes of ESPN.com. WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert announced the new Kobe and Gigi Bryant WNBA Advocacy Award, which will recognize, quote, an individual or group who has made significant contributions to the visibility, perception and advancement of women's and girls basketball at all levels. That's going to be great. Leonard Fournette. You know what I did this morning before I went to church? I actually watched um, Titans highlights and I got to, what was at week three when the Titans had to go visit the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday night football. And I know Jacksonville won that game, uh, but I thought about what just went down this week with Leonard Fournette. Now earlier, Fournette had basically been campaigning for the Jaguars to bring in Cam Newton. And it looks like if things go the way that this second story says, he may not even be around to see it. From at Adam Schefter, ESPN, the Jaguars have had trade discussions with other teams regarding running back Leonard Fournette. League sources tell ESPN, Fournette is due $4.16 million in base salary in 2020. It's a situation that bears watching at this week's draft as this week's draft approaches. How about that? He's caping up for another quarterback to come in and replace Gardner Minshew already. And I understand, I mean, a healthy Cam Newton probably is better than Gardner Minshew. But it's not showing a whole lot of confidence there. You know, The, 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 tight, the new Tiger King or Jaguar King is uh, probably not looked upon um, by Fournette. <laughs> with favorable eyes well I mean we won't see until he gets this first full year starting um, and I understand he's had to deal with break Bortles and then of course they brought in Nick Foles neither of which are even still on the team it's really really crazy as a matter of fact when it on uh, Twitter something else that I noticed uh, there was another tweet that was put out there and as I pull it up here on my Twitter feed because I liked I liked it and I uh, retweeted it. Life does come at you fast. Uh, this is courtesy of I don't know if I'm saying the name right. Dove climate at NFL underscore Dov Kleinman. gone from the 2017 hashtag Jaguars AFC AFC Championship team. Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye, both starting in corners, by the way, Calais Campbell, Dante Fowler, Marcel Darius, Malik Jackson, Blake Bortles, Aaron Colvin, Tashawn Gibson, Barry Church. And these last three, Yannick Ndakwe wants out, Leonard Fournette, he's on the trade block, and Telvin Smith is simply away. Really, really interesting. Huh. G League, G League, G League. This has been kind of a uh, it's been a topic of conversation here this week as there's a headline that the G League lands another top high school recruit. Number one recruit in all the land. Jalen Green decided that he was going to go to the G League as opposed to moving on um, to college basketball, which we don't know if it's going to happen. This story is based around the now second player, the 13th ranked basketball player in the land, Isaiah Todd, who was committed to Michigan. And on Thursday, he announced his intention to go to the G League. Um, And this is another quote from, uh, from the article. And it basically says that, the G League's year-long developmental program will receive a salary, listen, up to $500,000. They're not going to get $5,000. I mean, that would be great if they did. And I'm wondering, even with this economy being the way it is, how much they really would get. Anyway, a salary up to $5,000, including financial incentives for playing games, competing, uh, completing community events, and attending life skills programs coordinated by the G League's oversight of the program. Sources said Todd's salary will be about $250,000 if he reaches all the bonuses that are in the contract. So the question is, are these players in high school, these top players gonna start going to the G League? I would say no, probably not. I don't really see that happening on a regular basis going forward, there's gonna have to be a real uh, mass exodus, especially if the NBA finally, and we've heard here in the past year or so, that it's a possibility that the NBA is working on basically taking that whole one and done thing out of the equation and saying, hey, look, you can go straight from high school to the pros if you like. But what was the complaint? That the players, I believe it was through the NBA's, um, you know, the, their their player association, they don't want someone to come and take their job that that easy, that quickly. So they said, "Eh, nah, hold up on that." So they have to do a year in college before they come into the league. So I mean, it's not going to change much anyway. Um, for college basketball, I believe it'll be great. Personally. I like the fact that they they are able to stay in college at least for a year. College basketball has lost a little bit of luster. And even though this year we lost completely the NCAA tournament, just talking from my personal opinion, my personal experience of watching college basketball, this year, unless you're a college basketball, like real honk for it, I didn't miss it because it really wasn't, I mean, I don't know anybody anymore. Even when I do watch and I do watch, you know, I was watching the, uh, you know, the, you know, I was watching Kentucky, um, watching Duke and, and all the things that was going on there. And I watched North Carolina, you know, <laughs> struggle, but um, you know, it, it was, it, it really wasn't that great of a season in my personal opinion. You know, I did enjoy watching Cole Anthony uh, I did watch, enjoy watching, you know, certain guys, but I mean, it just, it, it, it because college basketball is, is never gonna go back to where it used to be, let's just be honest. Okay, there was a point when college basketball was, you, you knew the starting five, you knew um, a majority of these players, especially the stars, you knew them. And now they're here one day, they're gone the next. I mean, it still is cool to see some of those big names that come through after their freshman season, and they say, "I'm gone." Zion Williamson was one of the few, had not been for injury. He's one of the few that was going to come back. Heck, talking about the NFL draft, Tua Law wanted to come back next year. Um, you know, for, you know this coming, this upcoming season. His father, who I believe is probably a little controlling, his father said, nope, you're going to the draft," which it was smart. You know, I don't know what he would have gained by staying. He's going to get drafted, but maybe we'll talk about that uh, on another day. But, man, I mean, the G League, they're going to land a couple of guys. And I think this year is prime for it because we have no idea what's going to happen with college sports, collegiate sports. We have so much money that's being lost all over the country by all kinds of businesses and college You know, the collegiate sports are not any different. We saw in Cincinnati this week, they decided to do away with men's soccer. They're not the first and definitely have not been the last. Some of these sports, uh, well, no, a majority of men's sports, women's sports, sports, period, at any college, they are funded by football. Football is the monster, okay? And the fact that we're not having any sports. You have some sports there that are just money losers. I mean, it's great to have them and they're kind of more of a... kind of like that garnish that's on your plate. It's not even a side dish. It's just a garnish on your plate that you don't necessarily need. I know that sounds harsh, but it is the truth. Um, I mean, most of the, the, the people that show up at these games are probably parents, maybe a handful of students that show up to some of these games. They play a good number of them in empty stadiums. What are the biggest sports in this country? You have the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. But outside of that, what is I think number two in this country would be college basketball. And if college basketball isn't two, it's definitely three behind the NBA. College basketball is on the map. Men's Uh, in women's college basketball you know with hockey and all of those things every four years we have the Olympics but I don't think the G League is going to go that far I don't think this is going to be a trend I don't think this is going to be a trend so uh, speaking of those things May 1st as far as the NBA is concerned they will the NBA will be paying their players their salary in full but per Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, May fifteenth, NBA players they will be receiving twenty five percent less pay. So they're going to get twenty five percent less of their cabbage, their bread. Uh, they're not getting the full loaf. All right, they're going to lose a fourth of that loaf. The, the people are hemorrhaging money. These millionaires are hemorrhaging money. We have millions without jobs right now. Millions that are are. Uh, Because of this pandemic, they are filing for unemployment. Some of them are being denied it. (laughs) It's it's bad. It's real bad. But, I mean, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Eventually, this thing is going to be over. And I am looking really, really um, hard at uh, the way that um, the government is talking. Not necessarily Donald Trump, because I think some of these cats, they're just trying to force something. I don't know exactly what, I'm I'm staying in my lane, but it's going to be interesting going forward to see what is being proposed, that we go forward with sports without fans being in the stands. I was listening to another podcast that was really, really interesting. Matter of fact, it was Bomani Jones, and um, he had Michael Collins on. He's the ultimate caddy, all right? funny dude man love him. i didn't know that he used to be a comedian but michael collins opened my eyes up to think even more about the fact that even when you do have sports okay and this isn't the first time that i've heard it but i love the way that he put it but you have international players that'll be coming from overseas talking about golf resuming and it looks like sorry dana white that golf may be the first sport back so they're already looking at i think i'll forget what exact exact uh tournament that it is it's a smaller tournament but it's supposed to be in late may june um but collins talked about how okay so you're going to have sports without fans okay that's cool but you have to think about this they're going to be people that's going to, you know these guys will have to come over from international waters with restrictions and then once they get here, not everybody's hotel is operating. Where they're going to stay? Who's going to, you know, straighten up their room? Who's going to fix the meals? And even when they're at the venue, who's going to fix the meals? And who's going to be on the cameras? Who's going to be uh, in the production trucks? Who's, you know, there's. I think that there are ways to fix this thing. I think that there are ways to do it. And they may have to do things on a limited basis or limited capacity because i mean all over the world right now uh businesses are cutting back on hours they're cutting back on staff and they're rotating people in and out probably have to do the same thing there so we'll see what happens you know hopefully (laughs) hopefully things will uh will turn we gotta hang on in there people just a little while longer all right that's it for the hurry up um I'm about to close this thing out. I think I've talked long enough. I just want to give you guys something to talk about or something to listen to, while you're, you know, cleaning out the garage or vacuuming the floor. Um, but it, it's it's uh it's part of the job. You know, we want to have some kind of normalcy eventually. And for me, the thing that makes me happiest is being behind this mic. One day, it's going to be a reality that I'm going to be doing this as a professional. So you have to act professional. You have to speak professionally. I'm working on this thing. I'm getting my reps in. But my thing is, you know, we want to provide something um, for you guys to enjoy. So, but tonight it's all about the last dance. I know that there's plenty of Jordan fans out there. And then there's plenty of LeBron fans out there as well. But here's the thing, look, and I know this is unrealistic. Both of these guys are great. You know, I could easily say, who cares who the GOAT is? That's not, you know, that's not realistic. Because <laughs> there's always going to be someone that's going to think, yeah, it's, it's Jordan's better or LeBron's better or blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, I, I'm not that guy. Sorry, um, I'm not. Am I a Jordan guy? Yes, I am. I'm not going to lie about that, but look, uh, greatest of all time, whom everybody looks upon as the greatest of all time, you're going to get to see something tonight. You're going to get some reminders tonight as to what everyone has been talking about. It's just that simple. So sit back, relax, nine o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock my time. I want no disturbances. I have to watch this with no distractions. All right. That'll be it for the All Sports Podcast. Mike Neal Jr. again, your host. The Light Brothers will return next week. Listen for us. Out.